it's not about shamanism for me, about being a shaman or, you know, like, I'm not hung up on that. I hold that loosely. It's just a way in. It's a way in to, as I say, reclaiming the sacred for ourselves, reconnecting in our own way. And anybody can do that. Everybody can do that. And I just want to help people do that. That's our guest, Dr. Tom Garcia. He guides people to rediscover their true voice and unearth their deepest calling. Through wisdom born of experience and genuine humility, he helps you awaken, strengthen, and deepen your connection within to find the answers you seek through an experience grounded in peace. Keep listening to find out how you can benefit from Tom's three big questions. I'm Lisa Byrne. And I'm Lori Gambacorda. We're your co-hosts. Welcome to the Epic Conscious Living Podcast. Transform yourself, impact the world. Educating, empowering, and inspiring you to live a spiritual, healthy, and sustainable lifestyle. Building a community that elevates consciousness for the greater good. We make it easy for you to be epic. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. We appreciate you. And if you haven't gotten a chance, please hit the subscribe button. I love that we have these daily habits and rituals, but we're they're done unconsciously, right? It's everything from, oh, well, I'm supposed to get up and get in the shower and eat my breakfast and do this and do that. And so you're yeah. talking about deep listening and evolving what your, your ritual and ceremonies are mm-hmm. by doing them with intention instead of just, this is what I do every day in my 3D world. Yeah. I know every day, every single day, What's going to happen in that first hour? I know that I'm going to make my coffee, get to my chair, and that's where I'm going to be for the next hour at least reading. I read from A Course in Miracles. That that grounds me immediately, and it connects me to spiritual truths and wisdom right off the bat. And then I'll make notes, and I'll sit quietly, close my eyes, meditate for a little while. Not for long. I'm not a big meditator. And I say a prayer out loud, talking to God, Creator, Holy Spirit. You know, I say Holy Spirit. That's for me the link, the communication link between me and God. That is pretty big, the creator. So it gives me something to tap into. Anyway, before I know it, an hour's gone. And I could be into a second hour. But you have to get up early in the morning to do that, too. I say this. While the ego sleeps, that's when I have my time with spirit. Because once my ego kicks in, you know, it's all over. Think about we have 24 hours in a day because I think most people's objection or complaint would be, I don't have time to do that. But if if we have 24 hours in a day, you would think that it's actually fairly easy to carve out one for what created you and gave you life. Yeah. And gives you everything you need. Yeah. That's a way of thinking. And then being, you know, someone could say, but I don't feel anything, right? I don't hear anything. It's like, that's okay. Just sit for a while and say thank you. You could just start with that. And it might be a minute or two and then get on with your day. It doesn't take as long as we think it does. I'm pretty sure. Let me tell you a little story. When I experienced my what I call my awakening, now I'm not walking around going, I am an awakened being. It's like, no, I just got like the tap, you know, and I responded. It was after my good friend Jim had passed away, and he'd spent the last 18 months of his life in our home. And that's when I started going to the woods, staying out, you know, going up early in the morning before sunrise or at night before, you know, at sunset, 
or staying out all night and making fire, laying out an altar, and just praying. Because, you know, on one level, I didn't know what was happening to me, this desire to be out like that. But there was something else happening at the same time. I, I was very focused and I was very intentional. And I wanted the answer to three questions. I wanted to know who am I, why am I here, and who sent me? And I was saying, like, why did you send me here? I want to know for what purpose. Why did you send me here? I mean, I was adamant, you know. It was kind of like, and I'm not going in until you tell me. I'm going to stay out here all night until you start to answer my questions. And it, and it started to come to me who I am and why I'm here. At first, I didn't believe it. It was very hard to believe, you know, when when you're being told that you're, your spirit, your love, you're a messenger. You're here to bring a message. I even said, why me? Like, why are you telling me these things? And what I heard was, because you asked, and we answer, and that's how it works. And when someone asks as, as sincerely as you have, we have a lot to say. And I'm like, okay. They said, you're our, you're our guy. You're, you're, you are our man in the trenches. I think we're all that. We can all be that. You know, the Bible says, um, all are called, but few are chosen, right? The Course in Miracles says, all are called, but few choose to listen. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I want to know. Please tell me. And I've been listening ever since. And what am I listening for? The truth. I just want the truth of this reality, why I'm here, what our purpose is. You know what I've discovered? I'm here to extend love. That's my purpose. And all the ways that it's manifest. And all my imperfection and fallibility. You know, I come back to that. And what the Course tells us is the purpose of the world is to reflect to us our extension of our love. My job is to extend love. And the, the purpose of the world is to reflect back to me my love. If I project hate and judgment and condemnation, the world reflects back to me those things. And then I think it's out there. But it's in here. That's Isn't that a trick? Yeah, I mean, the, the quickest way for us to get into doing deep shadow work is to look at where we have the strongest judgments, reactions, opinions, <laughs> yeah. because that that is a clue right into our shadow side. Right. And so doing shadow work is important work. In fact, you could do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I have a judgment or a criticism, I'm like, Okay, where is that in me that I'm putting it over there on him or her? And all of it's a practice, right? I mean, that's why it's called spiritual practice is because yeah. we're practicing it. Like you said, you've been doing this for years and we've been doing it for a really long time too. And uh -huh. there's plenty of moments, sometimes daily, where I'm like, wow, that was completely unconscious. 
Yeah. What am I saying or doing or how am I acting? And then it's my responsibility. We'll go back to that word responsibility that we talked a little bit about earlier. It's my responsibility to, to just really look at what is my reaction, my behavior, what's happening right now? And how can I get clear on why, why I'm acting that way? And can I contribute in a different manner? Yeah. Um, Maybe you could talk a little bit about spiritual leadership because with responsibility and getting deeper and deeper into becoming more conscious and having awakened moments and sustaining them for longer can sometimes lead people to the the purpose of of spiritual leadership. Yeah. I I wanted to circle back around to responsibility as I hear you talking about it just now, just to say as we wake up more and more and become more conscious, more aware of our reactions to things and, you know, like reclaiming or calling back our projections, what occurs to me is we have a, a sacred responsibility or a holy obligation to show up. doesn't mean we have to run around, you know, carrying placards up and down the street unless that you're truly called to that. But the inner work that takes place continuously, it was at the fire that I actually received this or got it about spiritual leadership. And it was as if, well, I say as if I was being told that that was the next evolution for me was spiritual leadership. And I was like, oh, I did not like to hear that. (laughs) I did not want to hear. I really I'm like, I don't know what that means. And I've been, this has been months now, and I've been just being with it. And not long ago, my guide said to me, don't worry. We're not going to hang a placard around your neck that says spiritual leader. Not like that. It's, it's finding within yourself your own leadership around your spirit, your spirituality, recognizing that where that leadership comes from, what sources me, the spirit that guides my life that I'm in alignment with. That gives me the the impetus, the wherewithal, you know, the the resource so being sourced to be that in my own life. First and foremost, beginning with myself and then being able to like just in our own conversation, extending it to one another. And it starts to feel more like a net of something more tangible that resembles leadership, not in the way we've known leadership. The word leadership has been so worn and overused. And when we look at leaders in the world, we're like, I am not that. You know what I mean? So then you put spiritual and leadership together and it's like, what the hell are you talking about? So it's reframing what that means. And it's, you know, so what is it? It's about stepping into our own power. Taking back our voice, reclaiming our voice. The voice that we have here, but the voice that speaks to us and then speaking with that voice, not to proselytize or evangelize, but to speak clearly and honestly and authentically, you know, from the heart and modeling that. Just modeling it, being it. And then it gets modeled, you know, then it sort of happens that you're modeling that, you know, and, and then people recognize it. 
Yeah, I think people do recognize it. And I believe that, you know, that is the mark of any true teacher. I mean, you can't really, you can't teach somebody something that you haven't experienced yourself. I remember Michael Bernard Beckwith one time expressing it, saying, you know, there's people who know about it, and then there's people who know it. (laughs) And he said, now the people that know about it, that's, you know, they can inspire, they can motivate, but a true teacher has to know it. In other words, embody it, model it, be it. And that's that attraction factor that people might not even consciously recognize. Like, why am I drawn to this? You know, because we do know. We do know truth. We absolutely can recognize truth. That's it. The recognition. You know, in my in my way, in, in terms of teaching, I don't teach teach or talk about anything I haven't personally experienced for the most part to say anything about it, you know. There's so much about yeah. presence too. When when you're present and can hold the space for whatever's happening, then truth can be revealed. Not because you're teaching it, because it already exists mm-hmm. and it just needed that sacred space to unfold. Exactly. Right. Truth is always present. It's not hidden. That's what my guide said to me once. Truth is written everywhere for you to find. It's not hidden. You just have to open, let, let it dawn upon your open mind. You know, I had someone ask me if I could teach them how to become a shaman. And I listened. I was really listening. And they wanted, you know, they had all these um, experiences and natural skills and abilities. And But before long, I'm like, that's not my job. You know, I'm not talking about or teaching soul retrieval and chakra clearing and you could you could name a a half dozen or more things that's not my gig at all those might happen i might even do them but that's not what i put out there what i'm clear about is that it's a calling and it may not even be one you want why would I call this to myself? This is hard. Like, couldn't I do something easier? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's like okay. So I know what the calling, and it it's not because you taught the tools and the techniques and the etc. And then you got the the certification or the authentication or the recognition by a body such like that. It's not like that. It takes years. It's a devotion. It's inconvenient. It's not comfortable. I mean, there's, a, I mean, school can be like that too, right? You know, right. this is so different. And you, know? you don't always have and, a choice <laughs> with the calling. It's your no. calling, right? It's your whole purpose of being. And sometimes it takes a while to get to that point and say, oh, okay, I'm starting to get well, it. I get it. It's my calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I, What I'm laughing about is like, the choice. I was literally being told, you're a shaman. This is what you're, and it was about spiritual leadership. This is your work. And I'm like, don't I have a choice? What if I don't want this? What if I don't want this? Don't I have it? And they said, you have a choice. It's already been decided, but you have a choice. Right. As you know, like, <laughs> no, you've already decided. Get with the program. Shamanic yeah. agent for change. Yeah. You know, it's in some ways it's like that. You know, you see movies where 
you know, the spy has been embedded in the culture and then at some point they're activated. Sometimes it feels that way. Like I'm just going along. I have a good life, minding my own business. And then this thing happens, you know, like getting called to service. And it's like, wait a minute. What? You know, save the world. Yeah. The one up here first, and then we'll work on the rest of the world. Can you tell us a little bit about your sage prayer sculptures, sculptures? that you make? Yeah. You know, I just made one yesterday. I'm looking at this thing. I made it for somebody that wanted to give it as a gift. They're all over the world. Hanging in places, I, I'm like, who has my prayer sculpture? You know, like that. And I, so I'm looking at it. Just the other day, I'm looking, I'm looking at it. I'm like, look at this thing. They're like babies to me. I finish them, and then I send them out into the world. So they have sage, cedar, and pine. You know, I wrap it around sage wood. The colors, yellow, red, black, and white, to represent the four directions, the four sacred herbs, the four races. So everything's symbolic about it. You know, the sage comes from the earth. The sage holds our prayers. The cedar for protection. I roll up tobacco and tie tobacco on it and corn, corn for abundance, tobacco for blessing, a strand of, of woven sweetgrass for the sweetness of life, honesty and love. And then I put feathers in it, turkey feathers from the land, feathers from other birds that I find go in there. And then it's just like peacock feathers. It's this beautiful spray of feathers and all these elemental things all together. And then I tie a crystal on the front. Kind of like the way you'd find a crystal in a radio to receive or send. That's how I think of it, you know, and just tie it on there. And it's all symbolic, the whole thing. And they're really beautiful and they're beautiful gifts. I mean, people get these things in the mail and they're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, I've seen them. They're, they're amazing. And they love them. I hear back from people. It's like, it's it's still hanging on my wall. And I, I trust that... Um, and I was thinking of this just yesterday. They're like seeds. They go out into the world to plant themselves wherever they end up and to then spread the blessing from that place. It's all symbolic. George Carlin said, symbols are for the symbol-minded. So I think of myself <laughs> as symbol-minded. Symbol -minded. <laughs> you know, there's some, there's some wisdom in that, too, in that I don't get too attached to the symbols, but I love the symbols, like words are symbols. And um, in a way, it kind of deflects any criticism or people shooting from the bushes about what you use to do what you do, as if the symbols themselves could be good or bad or, you know, pagan or properly religious or whatever you might say like that. And that's something I want to say about my ceremony. It's self-generated. It's organic. It came to me over years of working and being worked on the land and the spirit of the land, it's not traditional. So if somebody traditional looks at that and says, you shouldn't be doing that, or you shouldn't show that picture of your fire. I'm like, thank you. It's my fire. It's my ceremony. And I choose to share it because you know why the world is hungry. The world has been starved for ceremony that's organic, that comes from the earth, that comes from within us. You know, we're given these ceremonies, and this is how you do this, and this is how you do that, and, you know, the body and the blood, and all the symbols like that, not to criticize them, but to say, I want mine, one that I can claim, one that I can 
integrate, one that I can, I feel truly related and connected to. And I can feel related and connected to all the ones I just mentioned also. It's not to take anything away from anybody or anything, but it's all about reclaim the sacred for yourself. Begin there, you know. I think the the power in the ritual and ceremony is really rooted in your perception. Yeah. Because, you know, we could we could go to a service and we could just rotely sing or rotely say a prayer if there's no real feeling and emotion and desire to connect with the creator through that, it's powerless. Yeah. You know, when my dad and uncle passed away, they passed away within 3 days of each other. We had a memorial for them in San Gabriel, California. And that's where my Indian tribe comes from. The tribe that I'm, my ancestral heritage, native heritage, is from the L.A. Basin in San Gabriel. And there's a mission system all up and down the coast of California that were that was built by the Spanish padres and the natives. So the Indians there, the Gabrielino Tongva, built that mission. They say they helped. I'm like, no, they were enslaved, you know, with the threat of death if they didn't. That's kind of the, the the truth of it. Well, one truth anyway. Uh, but I'm I'm sitting there in the mission, this beautiful mission. The priest is doing this long, long service, and he had a heavy accent, and I could not understand a word he said. But I sat in that mission, and I could feel the energy of the place. I could feel the beauty coming from the the pulpit, even if I couldn't understand him. And I'm looking around at the the timbers and the beams in this this beautiful structure and I felt the presence of Christ of Jesus it brought me to tears it was beautiful you had a sacred container and intention that was being brought forth and then we went to the I I said I sent a message up and down the pews to my family like my whole family this extended family I said we're going to meet in the cemetery which is right next to the mission and we stood in a circle. There was probably 70 or 80 of us in a circle. And we all held hands like, who am I to do this? But I'm doing it. We stood in a circle, all held hands. And I said a long prayer for our family and for the, you know, there's been dysfunction and violence and everything. Like in a lot of families, I'm like, let it end here. Let us be healed as a family. Standing on the graves of my grandparents and other ancestors, you know, um, incredibly empowering experience. Just to make that declaration, like, let it end with us, each of us. Thank you so much for all you shared with us today, Tom. It's been a total pleasure. I know we could just talk and talk and talk, you know. We could. I, I love you both. I've so enjoyed getting to know both of you. It's been such a pleasure for me. Same. And to, yeah. To feel like the depth of your spirits and your the work that you're doing and just what you bring to the world. Thank you. Why don't you let everybody know how they can get in touch with you and things that you're offering and contact info. Yeah. So the way you can reach me is through Dr. Tom at reclaimthesacred.com. And then my website's www.reclaimthesacred.com and you can read a little bit about what I do there or you can call me up on the phone and leave me a message or send you know send a text and that's that's all there on my website and you know I'm working with people 
one-on-one, small groups, and I'm starting to reach a wider audience. Just to share with people, you know, this business of shamanism, it's not about shamanism for me, about being a shaman or, you know, like, I'm not hung up on that. I hold that loosely. It's just a way in. It's a way in to, as I say, reclaiming the sacred for ourselves, reconnecting in our own way. And anybody can do that. Everybody can do that. And I just want to help people do that. That's the through line on all my work is helping people reconnect with their own spirit to the greatest depth and then connecting with all that is in a powerful way and knowing you're never alone. And the fire is an awesome place to do that because 80% of my work is done. You know, you're on the rock, on the earth, at the fire, under the open sky. It's like, (sighs) thank you. Like we can all go home now, you know? We'll be ready for one soon, I think. I, I think so, too. It's been on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. These conversations, by the way. Oh, my gosh. You could go anywhere. <laughs> That's what happens, right? When you put spirit first, you can kind of freewheel the conversations because it's all coming down through you, <laughs> not from yeah. you. <laughs> I used to say, yeah. I used to say, what am I, gonna, what am I supposed to say? I finally got it because they would tell me, don't worry, we'll, we'll tell you what to say, but you got to listen. <laughs> That's the trick. It's when listening, th- there's no worries at all. You know, when I'm not, I'm in my head and I'm in my ego. It's like, forget it. You're, you're sunk. Yep. That's <laughs> when we all get in trouble. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show. We appreciate you and appreciate the time and wisdom you shared with everyone. So Please visit Dr. Tom at reclaimthesecret.com. And for more information about Epic, go to epicconsciousliving.com. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear more great conversations that elevate consciousness, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Join our community at epicconsciousliving.com and get your free health tip ebook. We make it easy for you to be epic. As former owners of a metaphysical store, Lisa and I are familiar with many divination decks. The Food Healing Oracle deck is one of the most unique we've ever seen. The messages of these cards offer both the spiritual essence and nutritional value of the foods we put into our body temple. The creators of the deck want to help bridge the connection between body and spirit so you can become the best version of yourself. We have an affiliate relationship with Real-Time Wisdom, so if you choose to make a purchase through our link, we will receive a small commission. Visit epicconsciousliving.com backslash F-H-O-D. That's epicconsciousliving.com backslash F-H-O-D.